get your Bible, turn with me. We're going to be looking here in just a minute. Looking at the first place we're going to look at today is going to be Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. That's actually going to be our text. But there's a couple of places we're going to look at today. But we're in the middle of a series. This is actually week four. A series called There's No Place Like Home. And today, our specific focus is going to be this. Home is where we learn together. Each week we've been talking about what happens at home. This week, home is where we learn together. Uh, What we're doing is we're breaking down our our purpose statement. You say, that sounds kind of boring. Well, it hasn't been. If you've been here for the last three weeks, you'd know that we've been having a lot of fun with this because we are learning... Uh, this is actually one of the, what we're doing in this whole series is pa- is actually the fourth part of the purpose statement, educating believers to follow Christ. It's called discipleship, and it's what this series is all about: is discipleship, learning together, teaching you how that we can do a better job to follow Christ and to lead other people in doing that. Because what what is what's our mission statement? We are building friendships, finding God, in building friendships. We, we are given the opportunity to lead people to Christ and to help them find the truth and the, and the message of the gospel that we have found and has touched our lives. Amen. And so that is that is basically what this series is about today is that fourth part. But before I get into it too far, let me very quickly just very just give you a, a catch up. And that is this number week one was the first of five. We have five E's that are our purpose statement. And we everything we do at, at Trinity will fall somewhere within these five E's. If they don't meet these five E's, then we don't do it here. And so the first one is this. This was week one. We're going to exalt Christ in everything we do. That's our worship focus. Week two, we talked about how that we're going to encourage godly relationships in our daily lives, and that's fellowship. Week three, we said we're going to equip believers to discover and use their God-given gifts, and that's ministry. So you have worship, fellowship, ministry, and then today we are going to educate believers to follow Christ, and that's discipleship. And so that is what we're to today is discipleship. Now, let me, let me give you a definition, a working definition of discipleship before we go any further because everything we're going to say today is going to be based basically on this. Here is a very simple definition of discipleship. You ready for this? While you are following Christ, take somebody with you. That's it. You said, oh, I thought I had to be able to memorize lots of, you know, memorize the Bible and then several leadership books and then I had to go to lots of classes. Jesus simply stated, in your going, in your daily living, make disciples. In your living of your life, get a hold of somebody else and help them go where you're going. In fact, um, the, the verses that we're going to share with you this morning are going to break this down for you even further. But basically, discipleship is helping somebody else teaching somebody else it's it's setting an example for somebody else it's encouraging somebody else to follow and keep following jesus hear that to follow and keep following jesus in spite of all that life will throw at us because some people give up on the keep following 
They're good at the, at the initial following, but they're not real good at the keep following, which is where discipleship comes in. For those of us that are more mature believers, have been around a lot longer, then we're going to say we're going to keep following and we're going to continue to help you keep following. And if we see you're starting to stop follow, we're going to try to urge you to keep following. And that's discipleship. You still with me? Living the true life of a Christian can be very difficult. And so all of us are, are constantly learning to be better followers of Jesus. And we need each other. We're learning together. We need, we need somebody to disciple us. Am I right? You know, did, did you hear about the, the, the little boy? He and his dad went fishing one morning. And they were sitting out on the banks. And they weren't catching anything. So they decided to have a conversation. And the little boy was inquisitive, and so he thought, man, here's a really good opportunity opportunity for me to spend time with Dad and ask him some questions. And so while they were just sitting there, he said to his dad, Dad, why does the wind blow? And his dad's son said, son, I, I don't know. That's a great question. So they sat there for a few more minutes and pondered that, and then the little boy said, well, where do clouds come from? The dad said, that's another really good question. Yeah, I, I don't know the answer, but man, that's you got some good ones today. And they sat there and the little boy said, well, where do rainbows come from? The dad said, you stumped me again. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question. The little boy said, dad, are you getting tired of me asking all these questions? He said, no, son. How else are you going to learn if you don't ask? Those of you that didn't get that need discipleship. We need somebody to teach us what we don't know. Everybody doesn't know something. And until we all know it all, which will never happen, we need somebody helping us get where we need to get. It's called discipleship. So that's what we've determined to do here at Trinity Fellowship. We're going to be educators. Here's a word for those of you, uh, all of you comp and ret English teachers, here's a word for you that, you'll, that you will immediately know is not in the dictionary, but it's one I'm making up. Disciplers. We want you to be educators, disciplers, and learners together. So our text today is found in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, God's Word translation. This is Jesus leading by example again, but this is him saying this in a very simple, basic statement, how we need to be disciplers of others. Jesus said to them, come follow me and I will teach you how to catch people instead of fish. This is the first, this is the first word that this is the first time I have seen in the word or, or, or in any other historical writings where that Jesus as the founder of Christianity, who is Christianity, Christ said to others, this will be the way that my father and I have determined that we are going to get people into the kingdom. Jesus knew he was here to save them by his sacrifice. He would save them. But then Jesus said, now, while I'm here for these next few years, I'm going to show you how to do this when I'm gone. So he said, here's what I want you to do. I want these fishermen here 
to drop everything and come and follow me. And then there's going to be an example in my life to them over the next several years. But I will teach them how to start catching people instead of fish. Now, the goal for every believer becomes this at some point. Once you get past the stages of infancy, you need to start growing up and you need to become a discipler instead of one that is just being discipled. You'll never stop being discipled, but at some point you need to become a discipler. At some point, you need to be at the place in your life where that you could turn around to somebody else and say to them, come and follow me. It'll be all right. Come follow me and I will teach you what I know. Without some of you are saying, well, I don't know a whole lot. He didn't tell you to know everything before you led somebody. Come follow me and I will teach you something different. I'll teach you something new. So that particular day when Jesus made that statement, there were four fellows that he was talking to. They were fishermen. It was Peter, it was Andrew, it was James, it was John. They become disciples of Jesus. And for the next three years, they would be with him for all the ministry and all the miracles and all the parables that Jesus spoke. And I want you to think about this and let it get in your, in your mind. Every trip and, and every synagogue and every house where Jesus led them for fellowship became classrooms for learning. Those disciples followed him around. They served and they went with him. And everywhere he went, as long as they kept their eyes open and their ears open, these places where Jesus led them were actual classrooms for them to learn how to become disciples of others as Jesus would be. The actual life of Christ turned into a roadmap for them to follow after he had ascended. And he taught them. If you read, the, you look, they study the life of Christ. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. When you read through these things, you see that his actual life taught them through his words, through his deeds, even how he prayed. How that they were going to lead others in his absence. He told them, I'm going to go away someday. But this isn't going to stop. I'm going to go away and you're going to have to carry this on. And so God gave us the Bible, his word as our roadmap. And he gave us other godly men and women as examples, you know, for us to learn how to follow. And he also gives us signs and wonders and miracles. But there is nothing as foolproof as his written word. There's no mistakes in it. Someone else, if you're following their godly example, they might fall. They might make mistakes. They might. If you're banking your discipleship on another person instead of Jesus, then you're probably going to get let down. Because as soon as they fail, which they will, if you ever find out about it, you're going to be severely let down. The only thing that is foolproof is the written word of God doesn't change, is without error, and everything it says is living and applicable to your life, not to mine, not to somebody else, to your life. Everything that God knew you had to know, that you had to have, he made sure he got it to you in his word so that you would have a roadmap all the way to heaven. And if you get to where you know that word and study that word. You're going to not just be disciple, but you're going to become a discipler of other people. 
Everything about the Bible points us to Christ. Jesus, who is called, you know, you know what Jesus is called in the Bible? The Word. It says Jesus was the Word. He was, he, was, he was with God. The Word was with God in the creation of all things. Jesus is the Word who is the creator of all things. So I think it's, it's very neat to, when you think about this. Jesus, the author of the Word of God, is one of the Word of God's most noteworthy characters. He is the primary figure in all of the scriptures, both in the Old and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, he's pointed to. In the New Testament, he's there and he's looked at and looked to from afterwards. So he is the primary character of the Word of God. Jesus, leading by example, giving us the Word an example, and then giving us his life as an example... Teaches us correct discipleship. He is our way to heaven. He's the only way to the Father. So I'll ask you this question. How important is the word of God? It is, isn't it? Is there anything more important? And so I would go back again to that where we started and say to you that our commitment here at this church is we're going to endeavor to preach and to teach and to live out that word of God in every ministry whether that's in the nursery or, or if that's in any ministry through any age level all the way up, I'll tell you right now, you're going to find that everything we do here happens as a result of the Word of God, even for the littlest ones who are here. They're not just in there holding them and feeding them, changing their diapers, but everywhere you go in this place from the, the, littlest, the littlest child to the, to the most elderly adult, the Word of God is our primary focus in this place. We're going to teach it, we're going to preach it, we're going to live it out. We're, our job is to make disciples of people and to make disciples disciplers of others so that everybody makes it to heaven. We need to know how to successfully navigate the various seasons of life and we also need to know how to access all the promises and the blessings of God. That's what the Word of God is there for. It's not just to tell you how to and how not to. Or what not to. But it is also there to promise you and to provide you everything you're going to need. It answers every question you're going to have. Tells you every blessing you can expect. And instructs you on how to access every promise that the Father's given you. Yet some Christians go through their whole life. Their whole life and never read it from cover to cover. Isn't that a shame? There are people that have never read that word. They've never been in that word. They have no idea what is contained in that word other than what somebody taught them from a pulpit like this from time to time. How dangerous is that for a believer? The, the, you know what the devil loves? He loves Christians who don't know the word of God because he could steal everything from them. But they don't have a clue. They don't have a clue what they should be able to access, what they should be able to claim. They don't have a clue what they should be able to pray. I don't know what that word says. So whether you're an infant or, or any, an elderly or anywhere in between, you can count on us to use the word of God to guide you closer to home. We learn the necessity of doing that. I want to point you to the second verse of scripture that I want to talk about today. It's found in Psalm 119, 11. And here's, here's how this works. Jesus said in the first verse that I, let, that I gave you, Jesus said, come, follow me, and I will teach you how to, be, how to, catch, peop how to catch people instead of fish, right? And then we come to Psalm 119 because if I'm going to take on that commission, I'm a little bit, man, I'm a little bit nervous about that. If, 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 you're, if I'm saying to you and you're, and you're getting this right, 
that I think you should be telling other people, hey, it's safe to follow me, if you decide to do that, you're like, wait a minute, man, I don't know if it's safe to follow me or not. So here is what is going to equip you to be able to make that statement, not arrogantly, but to make that statement as a matter of fact. Here's how we're going to do it. David said, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. If you know the word, if you've accessed the word, if you've hidden the word of God in your heart, then you don't have to worry about it. Why not? Will I not make mistakes then, pastor, if I, if I know the word? No, you'll still make mistakes, but here's the difference. If you know the word of God, you immediately are convicted whenever you go against it. If you don't know the word of God, you don't know. You have a check in your spirit, maybe, but you don't even know why. If you know the word of God, the Holy Spirit recalls back to your mind and to your spirit the things that you've studied and read, and he says, this is wrong, and here's why. I'm going to show you why. Where? This is why it's so important as a discipler or as a disciple, wherever I'm at in this walk, I am daily putting this word in my heart because as a new creation, I don't want to go back where I was. I don't have any intention of going back where I was. But if I don't get the word of God in my heart and in my head, I'm going to fall farther than I would if I had of. Pastor, I want to be able to say to people, come and follow me, but, but I'm afraid to say it. Well, then hide the word of God in your heart so that you might not sin against God. And when you get to the place that you're walking close enough to the Lord that you can hear his voice and keep yourself out of trouble, now it's safe to say to somebody, come follow me, because I won't lead you anywhere we shouldn't go. I'm trusting the Holy Ghost to convict me before we go someplace we're not supposed to go. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Pastor, I thought that's what you and the other pastors are supposed to do, not me. No, as pastors, our commitment to you is we're, we're going to be careful and diligent. And we're going to do our best to walk close to Christ to be able to encourage you. But it's not just our job to be disciplers of others. Let me give you one more verse of scripture. Philippians 3 verse 17. This all ties together. Philippians 3.17. Now here comes Paul. He's going to make a statement. He's going to address this discipleship issue. Here's how he says they can do it now. He said, brothers and sisters, imitate me and pay attention to the things or pay attention to those who live by the example we have given you. That needs to be the goal of every believer, not just mine. I'm going to ask you three important questions based on that scripture. If you're going to be a disciple of Christ... Based on this verse of scripture, I need to be, asked, be able to ask you these three questions. Number one, should we imitate you? Am I safe to imitate you? Let that get in your spirit a minute. And if your answer is no, then we got some work to do. And if your answer is, well, sometimes, then we got some work to do. Are we safe to imitate you? Number two, look what the rest of the verse says. Should we pay attention to your lifestyle? Are we safe to study the way you're living your life and to emulate that? We're going to imitate you. We're going to pay attention to how you live. Because what you do is going to be just as important to us who are following you as what you say. 
And number three, should we follow the example that you're setting? Those three things are what Paul said in those verses. He told these people that they should be able to count on him for that. Imitate me, follow me as I follow Christ. Imitate my life. Watch my lifestyle. Follow the example I set for you. And you'll be safe. Wow. Don't raise your hand, but how many of us would be able to say that today? Yeah, I, I could say that with confidence. How can I get there, Pastor? There's that process. Let's go back and look at that. First of all, you have Jesus who's showing us how to disciple through his example with the disciples, right? Then you have him giving us that written word that guides us in every direction and every decision and every trial, every battle and every needed promise. And he shares that, that we need to put that in our heart. And then he uses Paul to teach us through his writings all the ways that we should conduct ourselves as Christ's representatives. When you put all that together, now you've got something. You've got a believer that has made a commitment to doing what God has told them to do. They've said, I am a disciple, but I'm willing to disciple others. So I'm going to turn around and say to others, it's okay for you to follow me because I'm going to hide the word of God in my heart so that I won't lead us any place we shouldn't go. And you're safe to imitate me now. And you're safe to follow my example. And you're safe to look at the life that I'm living because I'm going to keep my life right. I'm going to keep myself in the right place, I'm going to keep myself under the blood. I'm going to keep myself in the church. I'm going to keep myself in the word. I'm going to keep myself in prayer. I'm going to keep my life in a disciplined way so that I could say to you, it's okay for you to follow me as I follow Christ. Then you become a discipler. And now you would understand the fourth E of our purpose statement. Educating followers, believers, to be able to follow Jesus. That's what it's all about. So you say, okay, well, who, who, who can I disciple? Because I know a lot, of, a lot of the young folks over here are like, well, man, I'm, you know, this is really cool for these older folks that somebody can follow them, but I'm so young, who's going to follow me? Let me lay this out for you. It's very, this is very simple. I'm going to share with you really quickly in two statements who it is that you are qualified to disciple. Are you ready? We've already talked about the the three ways. We're past that. I'm going to talk about who it is that you're qualified to disciple. And when I lay these out for you, then I want you to think for a minute about who all that entails. Are you ready? Here's who you are qualified to disciple. Number one, everyone who has not been where you've been. So if you're in the seventh grade, everybody that's in sixth grade and under, Have not been where you've been. Wow. Everybody. Who's younger than you. That goes for everybody in this room. It's not just talking about age. It's talking about seasons and cycles and situations in our lives. Who can I disciple? Everyone who has not been where I've been. There's a lot of people who hadn't been where I've been. And a lot of you, I've not been where you've been. You say, Pastor, that means we're discipling you? Absolutely. Absolutely, I am following some of you. I'm looking to you and I'm following you. I'm trying to imitate you. I'm trying to go where you go. Absolutely. Because you've been where I haven't been. 
And the second group of people that we can all disciple is everyone who doesn't know what you know so far. Who's that? Man, now I can really be discipled because every day I wake up and realize I know less than I knew the day before. I can learn from everybody. Somebody teaches me something every day. Now, do you see how this works? For those of you that said, well, if you're not an ordained pastor, if you don't wear a collar, I mean, then you're not equipped to disciple. No, 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 no. As a believer, you are a discipler. And you're qualified if you're following the word per the things we've said. Then you are qualified by those two statements to disciple anybody who hasn't been where you've been or know what you know. You can disciple those people. And that is a multitude of people in any situation. And you would be shocked to know who those people are right now that are following you. We're still learning. Home is where we learn together. Don't ever stop learning. If you ever stop learning, then you're going to be like the guy in this story right here. I'm about to conclude. You ready? You ready for me to conclude? Say amen. You're like, no, keep going. You're going to be like the guy in the story if you ever stop learning. Ready? So two guys are sitting down at Buffalo Wild Wing one night. Nothing wrong with that so far, right? And the 10 o'clock news comes on. And lo and behold, on the 10 o'clock news, the cameras go to a specific desperate situation. They say, here we are downtown. There is a fella up on the 20th story, and it looks like he's about to jump. Everybody's on the edge of their seat. One looked at the other buddy, and he said, I'll bet you 10 bucks he doesn't jump. Other guy said, I'll take that money. So they go to commercial break, but when they come back, there's a reporter who said, I'm sorry to report. During our commercial break, the individual jumped. They were unable to get to him. He jumped. And the one took the $10 out and handed it to his buddy. And the buddy said, I can't take your money. He said, I was here at 6 o'clock. And he said, they showed the same report. And he said, I knew the guy jumped. And the second one said, well, so was I. I was here too and I saw the same thing. But I didn't think he'd do it again. That's what happens to people that aren't willing to learn. Guess what? You make the same stupid mistakes over and over if you're not willing to learn. How desperately urgent is true discipleship? When I think back about the people who influenced my life, it is amazing how far I can go back and the the details I can come up with. Some of y'all were watching the same game I was watching last night. I won't get into all of this, but I was watching the game last night and and one of the analysts looked over the other one and he said, he said, talk to me about who influenced your life the most as a a player. And this individual that was was being interviewed, he, he played high school, was a standout high school football player, college, and played into the pros. And so when he was asked who influenced your life, he immediately went back to not his professional coaches, not his college coaches, but he went back to his high school coach and said, this guy changed my life more than anybody else. Who would have thought that at the beginning of that interview that he would go back that far? 
So some of you are sitting here saying, you know, I haven't really influenced anybody's life. The people that came through, came through my keeping have gone on to far greater things. You would never know if somebody sticks a mic in their face and says someday, who greatly influenced your life, but what they won't point it back to you and say. How about this? She was my Sunday school teacher at Trinity Fellowship when I was in kindergarten. He was the guy that taught me memory verses in Sunday school or Royal Rangers or whatever it might have been. They were the people that led me to Christ one night at Celebrate Recovery. I'm telling you, Brad, people that can tell that story 20, 30 years from now when they're pastoring a church and somebody will say, how in the world did you get here? We heard one time you used to be a drug addict and a prostitute or whatever the case might have been, a murderer or whatever it was. And they'll say, yes, but there was a night, there was one night and I went to this thing called Celebrate Recovery and I, and I gave my heart to Christ and I got myself a blue chip and I just started trying from there. I just started trying to put one good day in front of the next and 20 years later, I don't know, I don't deserve to be here. You know whose story that could be? Someone said that about me the other day. They had the audacity to remember my past. Bradley and Brittany ran into somebody the other day that knew me a long time ago. And he told them, he had the audacity to tell them something similar to these along these lines. Who would have ever thought? <laughs> who would have ever thought your daddy? They said, and they told him, Brad, they told them he needed to go to celebrate recovery if you're waiting to get perfect to be able to disciple somebody else it will never happen so just decide to start right now well pastor i'm not everything you said i haven't done i don't feel comfortable yet i'm telling you if the commitment is made if you'll get in the process of hiding the word in your heart and you'll start living your life the best you can and listen to the Holy Ghost every time He convicts you, then you are already to the place, whether you're perfect or not, that you can turn around and say, it's safe to follow me. I am going to mess up, but I'm not going to make myself your God or your idol. I'm simply going to lead you to the one who is your God. It's safe for you to come after me and I'll teach you what I know about chasing people instead of fish. But you're going to have to learn like I did to hide the word of God in your heart so that you don't sin. And if someday you're going to be like me and be able to say, it's okay to imitate my life. It's okay to follow my example. That's what it means on the fourth E. To educate believers to follow Christ. It's discipleship. It's what we're about. If, everything, if there's anything that comes up here that somebody says, we want to start a new ministry, and in some way it can't do that, we're like, we're not interested. If in some way it's not going to be beneficial to lead somebody closer to home, then we're not interested. Because we're all about getting everybody home. Because there's no place like home. We're all about getting everybody home. So there you are sitting now thinking about all the godly believers who discipled you along the way. How many of them are there? How many have you come up with so far? 
And I ask you this question to conclude. Don't you want to pay that forward? Don't you want to be that person for someone else that you're thinking of right now? And that's how we're going to end our time together today. On our knees in prayer. Asking God to make us the disciples he called us to be. To make us those who carry out the great commission when he said, go into all the world and make disciples everywhere that you can. I'll be with you. I'll help you, he said. But in your going, in your living of life, make disciples. Be intentional about reaching back and grabbing somebody by the hand who doesn't know what you know and hadn't been where you've been and help them get home best you can. How many of you will join me this morning in prayer to say, God, I want to be that person that leads others home. I want to commit my life to you to be the one who helps get other people home. In this song, it's our conclusion song, and in this song, I really do hope that you'll join me for a time of prayer. You know, you know how we do this around the altars. Come and kneel around the front seats. You can walk, you can pace, you can stand, you can sit. But this is a place of prayer. This is where we're taking the word that has been given to us here. And we're getting it from here to here. So that it'll come out here. Are we ready? Let's pray.